0: Hey Babs, and welcome to Bravo Therapy, where healing meets housewives and reality TV gets real. Join me, your host, Lo, each week as we explore how our favorite shows are more than just guilty pleasures. They're a window into our own journeys of self discovery and growth. I may not be a doctor, but with my honorary PhD in Bravo TV, I'm here to connect the dots between the messiness on screen. In our own beautifully chaotic lives, so take a deep breath and things, my and let's get into it. Your Bravo therapy session begins now.
1: Therapy workshop. I'm telling you, seek it.
0: Hey, Babs, and welcome back to another episode of bravo therapy it is me your host lo we're in it it's oh my gosh i think this is episode number five this is a great milestone i like let's go by fives this is a good milestone i think i'm made it this far almost been around for a month um been consistent i'm proud of myself i'm proud of proud of all of us (laughs) I'm back today with Michael Shealy. You know hello. my – hello, Michael, my favorite Bravo BFF, um, and we're diving into it. Listen, y'all, I've been asked by a few people um, if we're doing an episode on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I've been asked by coworkers. I've been asked by friends. I've been asked by, like, random people online, which feels really cool. Um,
1: That feels like celebrity status right there.
0: It (laughs) does. All all 43 of my followers on Instagram, which I really want to say, like, when I got to even 40 or, like, 30, it felt really special because, like, I would say half those people are not even, like, people I know in real life. Well, oh, really? Me, me, I might be exaggerating. <laughs> but okay. I, it's a good it's a good amount. It's a good amount that I feel like I don't know them and they're here, which means they're listening. And it's like other Bravo accounts. So I'm just feeling really grateful and I just want to name that. Um so I guess like <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna be breaking down Salt Lake City, but let's let's start with a mental health check in. I think we really truly need that. We are recording this on a full moon, <laughs> which a full moon is really Leo, beautiful, right? A full moon in Leo, which I think was like I had this. I was looking at this all day <laughs> on Instagram. Not all day on Instagram. I was working, but um, <laughs> but I I was looking at what the meaning was, and it was. Like you are – well, first of all, this is the first full moon of 2024 and it – you know, full moons just in general are like a really nice like point of closure, a culmination, a release, right? Like it's like the end of a cycle, which I always think is beautiful because um, then it's like starting anew. But I'm – I just want to honor that like because I think that like I know for me, I feel full moons and new moons in my body so intensely and that can feel so different each time. Um, sometimes I can feel like just like really drained and tired. Sometimes I'll have like freaking insomnia for like three days leading up to a full moon or a new moon. Um I need someone who, like, can really read that to let me know what the fuck is going on there. But I just think that it shows the power of, like, our universe and the galaxy. And, like, you know, if if the water and, like, the ocean can really be, like, affected by the moon, like, so can we. Right? Because, like, yeah. we're pretty much made up of water. <laughs> um, But I just want everyone to just, like – Whew, breathe in. That was, like, a really rough, like, breath for me. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, let's check <laughs> yeah. in with that. Is That's not emotional.
0: Okay, I'm, like, not – it's not emotions that I'm feeling because I don't feel those. No, uh, just kidding. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> Where but... do you feel that
1: in your body? Like, that – it was around.
0: in my chest yeah like chest and my throat area which anytime I feel something in my throat area I really go by chakras mm-hmm. right and that's like your throat chakra and a lot of the times, like okay if I feel anything like that in my throat chakra like especially if I feel like there's a frog in my throat or whatever that usually like says to me okay am, am I being am I communicating correctly am I holding back something right mm-hmm. um I think I'm still trying to find my voice on this podcast, so maybe that's a little bit of it, too. Um, I wow. think.
1: it's like a really deep reflection.
0: Well, I've been thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like I, it's, it's the fucking new moon or the full moon. I'm telling you this because you know that I'm not like, well, you know that I'm an I was gonna say you know that I'm not an emotional person, but that's really try- how I try to like present myself. But you actually know that I am.
1: I was gonna say like I don't really see person, that. So, I don't really I see that side of you, but I know that that's you know the Capricorn.
0: Yeah, ball, I mean, yeah, buffer,
1: fortress. But
0: yes, yeah. leading up to this episode, I like just prepping for it. We have our like whole outline that we do and everything, and just thinking about what we we're gonna talk about today. I've been getting emotional, and I feel like I'm going to get emotional on this episode. So, like, you gross, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I, I've been going through lots of emotions with with this podcast recently. I'm not going to lie. I had a few days where I'm like, Ugh. I only have this many followers and I like wanted this to blow up because I think this concept is so amazing. One thing about me is like, if I believe in myself, I'm going to like overly believe in myself and probably peacock out. Um, And sometimes I just need to humble my fucking self (laughs) like a little bit. But I think for me, it's just like, this is something I've been thinking about for so long. And when I've talked to people about it, they're like, that sounds so amazing and I'm like I just want this to get out into the world and I want it to be a thing and I want people to like recognize it and I started this on January 4th it's currently January 25th when we're recording this and I have to keep reminding myself of that and it just reminds me of something I don't like to set I don't like to set resolutions Michael I don't know how you feel about resolutions
1: um I mean, is that a question? Do you want me to ask how I feel about Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Michael, how do you feel about resolutions?
1: <laughs> you know, uh, the same kind of way I feel about goals in general, like there is a benefit to them. And sometimes we just, some of the, our greatest accomplishments cannot really be measured so visibly as like... How we set up goals. I'm I'm thinking specifically from the, the clinical space. Like I hate smart goals. Cancel me. I don't what the care. Fuck
0: <laughs> is a smart goal? Are there dumb goals? Um, my, according my to my goals might
1: be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> 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 according to some, um, I don't even know where this comes from, but some therapists there are dumb goals. It stands for like specific, measurable, attainable, reasonable, and timely goals. Um, I don't. Oh, it's yeah. like an acronym. Yeah, it's an acronym for what is like the ideal goal. Um got you. you I know, feel like they need to them... find a
0: different acronym, yeah. <laughs> especially in like the space of like therapy. That seems like it's gonna really fuck someone up even more.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a lot of things in therapy are actually incredibly problematic and rooted in like colonial theory and um capitalism. And I would think that goals are inherently I kind mean, of rooted in that. But
0: isn't everything. You know, yeah. <laughs> You know. Aren't all the th- good things that we just like – that's why we can't have nice things.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I like to think I, of resolutions more of like in terms of values. Like what are the things that I want to yes. do that encapsulate the values that I want to be living toward? And I don't need to yeah. be meeting them right now, but that's why we're making them kind of like resolutions. And yes. also – sorry i'm like talking no you want to yeah say something. I, no, was no, it no. you that was talking about how like this is still winter like we're starting this year yeah it was I you was and Hattie. um mm-hmm. so we're still getting into this year we're still recovering we're still from in the hibernation chaos last mode. year exactly
0: that's why i'm in the bed i'm recording from the bed today and it just feels so good it felt so right on a full moon it felt so right for like how I'm feeling right now I mean I totally agree with you I the word resolution starts to give me the ick now because it I associate it with like yeah like this kind of capitalistic like patriarchal like societal like concept of the beginning of the year is starting let's be as productive as possible what are you going to do to be great and because we don't teach you how to like really like adapt habits in a very meaningful, intentional way, we just say like jump into it. We're probably setting you up for failure and then you're going to fail and then you're going to want to like buy things and be depressed all year and like you're going to have – it's a whole cycle.
1: Yeah. I and, like You nailed like, it now- with the consumer part. They want us yeah. to start doing goals and at the beginning of the year because we just spent a crap ton of money so more- naturally we would stop doing that. But instead, it's time to spend even more money
0: hmm because you know? w- when you set those goals like you have to buy a gym membership mm-hmm. you have to buy all the facial products you have to buy a new wardrobe like right like all those goals so uh, resolutions like really fuck with my mind now especially as I've just been getting like a lot more centered into myself and so like in I'm more about intentions and I've been slowly in these last few weeks and this is like without journaling or being like oh, I must, like, read the book. You know, we've talked about this. I have just been, like, what are my – what do I want my intentions to be? And I think that I need to, like, feel the year out a little bit before I can, like, set those. And so recently I've been feeling it and just knowing how I'm going to this year, knowing some things that are happening, like, at work and, like, in my professional life, and my personal life. I have a teenager who's turning 16, like – this is wild because Michael you've known me since Caleb was like how old was Caleb when
1: I think he was 10 we first met. this is the sixth year that we've known each other that's this what is, I it's
0: so insane yeah it's so insane and so he was so much shorter
1: one...
0: <laughs> I know he was so much shorter he was a little thing and now he's like taller than all of us um but I think like one of the things for me is and this ties into what I was just talking about with the pod is I need to like – I really want to set an intention of releasing a little bit of control. Now, I'm not – I know myself. I am a true Capricorn. I might not be a true type A because like I do also have like a really (laughs) – a side that could just be like whatever. But like I – my whole life I've been trying to control things like – whether that is because I will self-sabotage because that is a form of control. I mean, I think starting this podcast – actually, well, I'm having a revelation right now. It all comes back to like what I was just feeling. Um, Starting this podcast was like a really huge form of releasing control because up until – now I'd wanted to do all these like really amazing creative projects and I knew that they were like really amazing but I was so scared of what I just named right now which is like not every – people are saying that it's cool and they're not listening. People who are like on my main page who are my actual friends are like looking at me doing this and they're not like following so they might not – they must not care. I mean the reality of it is like when any of us create anything like new or if someone has like – If, you know, a close friend creates, like, a product or a shirt line or something like that, most of their friends and family are not going to be the consumers of that. They're going to be like, that's so cool. That's awesome. And it's not necessarily because they're not supporting them. They're just like, that's so cool. That's awesome. But, like, it's the people who don't know them who come into it and are not as, like, attached. And I don't know what that is. But – and I'm totally, like, going off – off topic, but I just kind of like rounding out to say like this was my first start of this year like of letting go of control and that had to do with self-sabotage and it took me a really long time to tell – like to connect those two dots that self-sabotage is a form of like trying to control things because if I don't let myself go there into the unknown, into the unknown, um, <laughs> you're welcome, um, then – then I can't feel. Then I mm-hmm. then I can't be criticized. Then I can't feel disappointed if I don't do it. So exactly. that's what I'm working on right now and trying to just say fuck it this year. <laughs> like that's where there that's my there's a fucking mental health check for you. That's the deepest I've fucking gone, <laughs> which means that I'm getting real close to y'all. But Michael. How are you fucking feeling? Let's do a little bit of a mental health check with you, my love.
1: You know, I I want to just highlight similar kind of themes. I feel really like called out in a lot of way by the universe by this year so far. Who should do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm being faced with some real budgeting choices. Um, just because my health insurance has changed, I'm gonna little. My rent went up. <laughs> Name them. Name them. Name them. Name them. (laughs) them. Exactly. And there's so much – I've also, like, kind of come into this fact that I used to think I was, like, a really anxious person. And I'm trying to realize how avoidant I am of a lot of things. And budgeting was one thing for me for that. And just, like, a lot of things have been coming up in terms of, like, my relationships with other people that I feel like I can't look away from. And I feel ready to face Mm -hmm. that. And –
0: Oh, God, that makes yeah. me. S- <laughs> stop. I'm not going to cry this episode. Just stop it.
1: I feel like. I, I, or I, I am. Really, I'm releasing control. Yeah, you're releasing control. And one thing that I'm we're going to talk a little bit about is these protective parts that want to keep us safe from these like exiled emotions, from these like our most traumatized moments that these parts of us are still reliving constantly. That's something that we'll talk about in terms of miss monica garcia and you know this is one of our first i feel like this is our first episode that we're like really deep diving into things that are potentially really activating
0: yeah so that yes and let's i'm glad that you named that because let i want everyone to just really take a moment to just feel in their body i know i say this and feel i mean you said this to me before michael when i was like talking to you like asking for feedback I want to know how I can be better I'm not a therapist I'm just going by you know <laughs> the therapy I have had and like my own healing journey my own healing journey as uh, Whitney would say um, but like you had mentioned it's great to kind of ask people to like feel into their body but like what did you tell me you said make sure they know it's okay if they're feeling uncomfortable or what, what did you say?
1: Yeah. So, you know, one thing that you, that you can do when you're checking in with your body is to simply ask yourself, like, what is something that you need? Like, do I need to stand? Do I need to stretch? Do I need some water? Do I need some food? Like, we're caught up in our everyday life. We can get so detached from ourselves that we don't even ask ourselves or check in with ourselves. And, you know, discomfort is one of those things that we are so inclined to avoid. And then sometimes if done safely and hopefully this is a safe place to do that in and we'll be covering this topic with enough grace and enough like understanding to kind of allow for a safe space for that discomfort but it can lead to you know processing and allowing your body to feel the things that it hasn't allowed itself to feel in a while so hopefully that answered your question
0: yeah and what better time than a full moon. I mean, y'all, I'm just feeling a lot of emotions like start to rise up and usually I push them down. I mean, it's so, it's so wild. It's so wild, but I feel like as you become more settled and grounded in your body through healing, what I've noticed is like, it's not so wild that all of these things are coming together. Y'all, I mean, I had set up I was just going to do like a mental health check-in to see how where I was at and how I was feeling. It ends up being like really in alignment with how you're feeling and both of what we're feeling actually have like total alignment with what we're talking about today. And I just think there's like there's no coincidences. I think things are just like so tied together for purpose and when I feel those moments it just It used to make me feel, like, a little scared, and now it makes me feel, like, very um, comforted because I'm, like, that's, like, the universe, like, being, like, yeah, we – there's a reason to work through everything. So I'm excited to work through the stuff today. I'm a little bit nervous and scared, and I, like, don't, you know (laughs) – I, You know that I don't like to get emotional with people unless I, like, really trust them. So we're going to venture there today. But I want to test something out, that a new segment, before we, like, dive into it and mention it all. Um, And I do just want to name, like, there may be things that we talk about today that are a little bit triggering. Like, feel free to just pause. Um, And you don't have to listen all the way through, like, right away. So I just want to name that. Um. Okay. So I want to try this new segment. Instead of mental breakdown, we're going to have a Bravo breakdown. And I think just like every week, I just want to just quickly talk about what something in the Bravo universe that kind of came to my mind that like I feel is prevalent to the show or that just kind of like touched me in a way. But this week, I just wanted to – Because I think it will actually end up being relevant to what we talk about um, today. Yeah. But I really want to talk about two things that happened on Jeff Lewis Live this week. I love that freaking show. I love Radio Andy. I listen on SiriusXM. I listen on the app. I listen to both of those like every day. And whether that – I don't listen to them in real time, but like I usually end up listening to them like later on in the day or something. So this week, he had – not on the same show, but he had both Stassi and Kyle Richards on. And I thought those were, first of all, such epic guests. But second of all, like – Yeah. In the same week? (laughs) The same week. And it was like back to back. And some of the shit that like was talked about because he's friends with these people or like close to them and, you know, Jeff, he can just get like some shit out of them – it was mm. so interesting. Those so his superpowers. His gay superpowers. Ugh, beautiful. Beautifully done. Um but okay, so first I want to talk about when Kyle came on because she did talk about Listen, I don't know if like Kyle has been my favorite in the last couple seasons. I will name that and like, I can't – I couldn't really tell what it was. I'm like, is she being authentic? Like, is she, like, not – I don't know what it was. And then I listened to her on Jeff Lewis, and, like, sometimes I just need a housewife outside of their own show's context, whether it's on, like, an Ultimate Girls trip, whether it's on The Traitors. Like, mm-hmm. truly, it does become, like – I see them in a different light, and it it's, like, a breath of fresh air. But she discussed a few things that were really interesting to me. So she was discussing her whole like not drinking thing and she said that it was really kind of beautiful because a lot of these – and it made me start to get mad at the other women when they were like, especially Sutton, being like, that's so weird. You just start to like get in shape and stop drinking and da-da-da. That's so weird. And at first I was like, yeah, that is kind of weird, change in habit, but then I'm like, Why are we shaming someone for being healthier? That's so weird. And what she was saying is that – Kyle was saying that when she would drink – and it wasn't like she had an alcohol problem. She was saying like, I did not feel like I had a problem. But she would drink. And then the next morning, she would feel depressed. And it wasn't like she was drinking every day. It was just like she would go out and drink and be the life of the party. And that's who people knew her as. And she would be depressed the next day. And she would just be – I mean – Listen, we know, like, alcohol is a depressant.
1: Exactly. I was going to say that. First it's and foremost. Not,
0: yeah. So, like, and she would just be depressed and she just – she said it was the spiral of, like, she'd be depressed and she, like, wouldn't have, like, that much energy and she'd be tired and then she'd be like, I'm so hungry. I'm just going to go get some in and out And then, like, she would just get in and out and then she'd feel bad about her body. I'm like, if I <laughs> – <laughs> cannot such a relatable relate. sentiment yeah. i know i was like it is a spiral and like sometimes mm-hmm. our bodies are like i'm telling y'all like grounding into your body is so important because like sometimes our body is just telling us what we need and what she did say she's like right now like this is what i want and she's like i started working out like i noticed like i was not feeling great I started working out and, like, I noticed I was feeling better. I was already noticing, like, a difference in how I was feeling and how I was looking and, like, I noticed, like, my brain was different and, like, it was just really beautiful the way she talked about it. And, I mean, you know, it's kind of, like, I think it might be a universal thing too because, like, now you're seeing a ton of people be like, I'm sober, like, I'm not really drinking. And um, I know Ariana was saying – Ariana had come on to watch What Happens Live like months ago. This was before they even released like when they were going to – when the new VPR was coming out. And she said – I just spilled tea all over myself. And she said um, something along the lines of like I was one of only two people that were drinking – out of the cast this season and when we saw her and
1: katie right yeah those are the two yeah because
0: when we saw the first episode like a couple weeks ago or a week ago what is time um (laughs) we can confirm like a lot of the cast isn't drinking Mm -hmm. for different reasons um so i was like that's so interesting and then I, a lot of people are like doing like a sober journey or like just not really drinking as much and i was thinking about it too i'm like well recently i i mean I'm not there <laughs> like let's be honest i I love we all a nice have our cocktail own We all have yeah. nice, our own journeys, but I will say that recently I felt in my body like when I want to stop, I don't drink during the weekdays unless like we go out to something like we did you know Mm -hmm. that night or whatever and then it's like I'll end up just not even drinking that weekend because like my body just like doesn't I just notice like I don't want to feel tired the next day I don't want to feel like when so many like when you feel grounded in your body it can just sometimes feel like if my body doesn't want that then it doesn't want that and that's okay and yeah I just felt like it was really beautiful that she expressed that and the way she expressed it and I just am like, why are we fucking shaming people for this?
1: yeah, I agree and like I've been having some some weird health stuff I don't even know what it is, but um, I think it's like long covid stuff um and I feel like i just i i feel like I can't you know I used to go out you know a fair amount mm-hmm. one might say um and we used to have just, that energy. Yeah, I don't have it anymore. Like, <laughs> COVID feels, stole that from you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it just, it feels like such a long process and I'm exhausted all the time. And so this has been a thought on my mind is like, maybe it's just reserved for vacations or like, cause I, yeah, health, your body and your health, you know, things are always changing. And as we get older, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. well it's true though I mean like literally health is something I think that we take for granted a lot because we just think like 100%. there's so many quick things that look like quick fixes and it does feel like a wreck I don't want to say a reckoning because it that kind of sounds like a negative word but almost like just like it, the universe as a whole is just like reminding us of like we need strength to be a community. We need strength to be like the best version of ourselves. And I just feel like that's coming into it. And like people go through phases and it's okay. And I think that was like something really beautiful that Kyle said too. Um, She was talking about her relationship with Mauricio and it really kind of put Kyle in a different light for me. So she was talking about, so Jeff brought it up actually in a really nice way, but like he was talking about everything and, she pretty much made it seem like, well, yeah, we're not getting a divorce. She said, if she was mentally at the point, and she is very obviously clear headed right now, she's sober, right? She's like, if I was mentally at the point where it was like over between him and I, then I would get a divorce. And I, cause I would just wanna move on. And, but she was like, we're going to therapy. We're living in the same house, like we sleep in different rooms, like they're going to therapy. And something she said was like, And I didn't think about this, right? She said, I've been with like dating and then married to like Mauricio. She's been with him since like all of her adult life, all of her adult life. They got together when he – she was – I didn't even realize this. Like he had no money. He wasn't even in real estate yet. He was like working in retail or something like that. No money, like they would be asking like her mom to borrow money for for the wedding. For like they had nothing. Essentially, she was talking about how like at one point she didn't even have money to buy like the kids' Christmas presents, right? Which I thought was like really beautiful for her to share this because she's not one of these like housewives. It's like I've just always been rich. Like they've mm-hmm. both had to work really hard to get where they are, and they started together like that which is a very authentic relationship but think of how much they've gone through right not only in their own relationships of like then going through those hardships and then like getting to where they are now but like then having everything come into the spotlight and having their marriage put in the spotlight and what it sounds like is like you both grow individually And then you start to reassess, especially as your kids leave the house one by one, like do we still have anything in common? So for as much as these housewives are like – the other wives are really like pushing to know more, she's like, "There's I don't know what to tell them. There's nothing to tell them. There wasn't – he didn't cheat. It wasn't this one thing. Like – we're just, like, trying to discover if who we are now matches and if we want to stay together. Mm-hmm. And I just think – I don't know. She she did mention – she's like, you know, all these women are saying, you know, like, you're holding things back. Why aren't you being honest? You're not being honest. And I will say, like, Erica, fucking – Went on watch what happens live and was telling Andy, like, you better hold Kyle's feet to the fire the same way you did me. She's like, you better, like, roast her, like, all this stuff. And Kyle made a good point. She's like, I've put my whole fucking life out there, I've put my marriage out there. I mean, I've never seen so many uncomfortable scenes of relationships with siblings. She, and she did that with oh, both yeah. of her siblings mm-hmm. and it was very uncomfortable and it was really sad. And it was – she's shown everything for like since day one. And I'm like, Erica, you were put to the fire because like you were in a legal case. <laughs> like Kyle's not in a little legal case. She's wondering if her marriage is going to work or not. So why, what does she have to prove? So that just like was really on my mind because – it feels like this is becoming a toxic place for Kyle, and I think that this is, like, actually might be a time where she might be reassessing, like, I've been on in this space for such a long time. It's done such a beautiful thing for me. Like, when is the end of the road? You know?
1: Yeah. When do you end something that you've been involved with for such a long time?
0: Yeah. And that's also with your marriage, and that could be with mm-hmm. – you know the franchise because it can be toxic and that's really like what we're going to get into um, today i mean yeah.
1: it's so related so related so is, related has become and has been
0: yes and the only thing i about town the little oh my gosh and the I only mean, thing, no thing i want to mention about but... Stassi is that what i thought was really interesting when she went on she went on with um mercedes from uh Charles of sunset which I have mixed feelings about her, but um, cause she said something really, really, really rude about Monica and we'll talk about it when we get into it. But um, Stassi mentioned, because Jeff was like, why aren't you on the Valley? Like I was going to be mad at Bravo because you weren't on it on like that new show, the Valley that's coming out. And she was asked to be on the Valley. And her response was every fiber of my being said, no. <laughs> and it did remind me of in this t- and I'm mentioning both of these because it does have to do with what we're going to talk about with Monica today. It just when she was talking about it she's like every fiber of my being said no. She said it's not authentic like she didn't say that she was not friends with all these people. She said she's friendly with some of them. So it sounds like she's cordial with like Kristen. It doesn't sound like she has a relationship with Jackson and anymore. Like or I mean, it's not bad, but it's just, like, whatever. Um, she's like, it wouldn't be authentic if I was on here. She's had to do a lot of growing since she left Vanderpump Rules. Um, and she's done that. She has really, truly done that. Um, and she's also now has a family um, and that she has to think about. It's so different. And the fact that she was, like – she wasn't saying that she want never wanted anything to do with reality TV anymore. She wasn't saying like fuck Bravo. You know, she was just saying like I have that a vision was not for the
1: space for her. Yeah.
0: No, and it was like she, it felt like she knew who she was now. She knew what her life was and if it doesn't feel right, like I'm not just going to do it for the money and I think that that she's The way she was talking about it, it was like this is a really good example of like when people go through things in these spaces. Like if we want to just like not cancel them but allow them to step back and find their own way off camera, it can be really great for them. And people are just like people. So that's why I really want to get into the thick of this Monica stuff because she's really – jumped right in she didn't have like a resting period of like oh we love her for one season and then maybe she fucks up or something like it's just all happened
1: and yeah one we got so much information about her as well in such a short period of time and we've like learned literally so much about like her family history her life where she's been doing and i don't know if that's been like afforded to us by like any other first year housewife it's i was just thinking about that today and like over the last 24 hours when i watched that episode um the last episode of the third season yes it's the fourth season fourth season
0: yeah i don't i'm like where are we yeah because the know. third was like the
1: flop season yeah i forget that one happened so yeah that's why because no <laughs> yeah. one
0: wants to remember that season yeah i'm you, like what happened oh pretend like it didn't happen
1: yeah. But exactly. uh, but we
0: needed it for the black eye hole thing, did we?
1: Did we not? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's debatable even that's, in itself. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so, like, let's just get – before we get into, like, the full reunion or, mm-hmm. like – well, let's get into the reunion. But before we, like, dive really deep into Monica, I want to just get your thoughts on the season as a whole, the reunion as a whole, before we, like, truly dive into, like, the Monica of it all. How did you feel, like – season four was
1: I mean it was a it, w- it was a ride I feel like the Salt Lake City has either been like a wild ride or absolutely nothing's going on it's there's like not really <laughs> anything in between <laughs> um, <not>. and <laughs> I I felt like at the the tail end of whatever season three was I was starting to feel a certain type of way about Lisa Barlow we used to be Huge Lisa Barlow fans. We I, loved
0: Lisa Barlow. We yeah. were baby gorgeousing up it up everywhere.
1: Exactly. Away in the main dream. You know, Ugh. it was it was a whole moment. And I it's it's really just disappointment. And I can't even be like, I'm that surprised by it. Um, but yeah, like just her really revealing to us who she who she is and some of her her beliefs. You know, I don't want to just like diminish her to like one a single dimension of a person but um, it's just disappointing it's hard to look beyond I guess is like where I'm getting out with that
0: there kept being moments okay because I will say like I have always had this love-hate relationship with well love like uncertainty relationship with Lisa since day one I used to just be like more of a Meredith fan that season one I was like I don't really care for Lisa Barlow like I don't know what this is like and then season two oh, – I can't even remember what's going on in season two. That was the season with Jenny. Maybe that's oh, why yeah. I'm to that too.
1: Like, oh, well, she's like still best friends with Jenny. She said Jenny should come well, back on the show.
0: And yeah, that's so said. that's – and that should have probably been another really – okay. Here's the thing about that. Wasn't she the one who brought
1: Jenny on the show? Yeah, they're friends.
0: You don't know someone like that and not know their belief system. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm well, saying? She agrees and so, with her, obviously. Yeah, so she's and, like, she's not racist. She's not whatever. Like, she's always well, like, she doesn't no, know I'm what not. racist. No, it's not. Yeah, she doesn't
0: know what any of that is because she puts blinders on. I mean, yeah. it's very clear because she puts blinders on to like the Mormon religion, right? She for she, it's the it's what she epitomizes. She it's and even though like Heather's kind of on my shit list too, like Heather has called it out. She's like, you are Mormon two You are creating some like version of Mormonism that's actually not like Mormonism. Listen, I'm not Mormon. I don't know. But what I yeah. do know from what we've seen is that she lives in her own little world, her own little bubble, and she refuses to see – take the rose-colored glasses off and see what real life is. And she solidified that for me when Mary was on the couch and, like, made the comment about Winnie being racist, which she she went there. But yeah. – um. But when the whole conversation of Mormonism being at its core a racist like belief system at its core, it's
1: like a known fact. It's a known fact. Everyone
0: on those couches said yes. Mm -hmm. People who are Mormon, who were Mormon, and Lisa, she just she completely completely denied denied it and said, yeah. The thing about that was when she said, and I don't know if you caught this, she said, and I forget, I'm not going to remember the name of the person, whoever it was, um, was black and Mormon.
1: Mm. That is the
0: equivalent of saying, I have a black friend, so I can't be racist.
1: (laughs) There is (laughs) no difference in meaning and intention. Yeah.
0: Like, that was wild to me. So Lisa Barlow, and she's just saying, like, a lot of, was she the one who said to Monica, um... You don't have the things that we have, Monica.
1: No, that was Heather. That well, was Heather. I, I remember I guess that the point one distinctly. in the fucking same now. Yeah. But um, like,
0: she just makes the all one... these comments. Oh, oh, okay. Let me you tell you the it? comment that fucking pissed me off at yeah. the reunion. Let me tell you. Say it. it was. Speak on it. I'm going to speak on it because it reminded me of the comment that. Larsa made. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna forget like what the comment was exactly. Oh yeah, okay. So remember when Larsa made that comment? I think it was last season of Real Housewives of Miami to Nicole of like you have, well, you have a uh, kid out of wedlock. I don't say anything about that.
1: Mm -hmm. That was when she was saying you have four kids. You're yeah yeah.
0: When Lisa said you're a mother with four kids and single. I wanted to jump through that fucking TV so hard and like just take hold. When people say this in moments of anger and rage, believe them. Believe what's coming out of their mouth because she's been judging Monica on being a single mom, not having as much money as them. Like if anyone has been judging Monica on this cast, it's been – Lisa and it's so gross she
1: she was the one who was like oh well do we even know she's telling the truth about her mom being abusive um oh she's just trying to look she looked like a white girl now she's a Latina like
0: well and what Monica said remember Monica said like and she aimed it straight at Lisa she said that like people thought that I was using my uh, – what did she say something? She's like, oh, are you just flip like, – because she, ha- she was talking about how she has all these last names. Now, here's yeah. what I want to say. First of all, like a lot of different Latino cultures ha- keep several of their last names. Mm-hmm. They don't just like go to one other last names. Some cultures are like that. That is a cultural yeah. thing. So to make fun of having several last names and being like, which one are you – Is a little ridiculous. I mean it made sense to me. Like some people take their. And think about it right. Monica is searching for who the fuck she is. Her father abandoned her. Her mother has emotionally abandoned her. She wants to attach to a name. She's looking for something to attach to. Because she's never had a parent in her life. Someone who is supposed to be there for her. And grounding her. And they're sitting there and making fun of that.
1: Yeah she's also like multiracial she's portuguese and i think columbia i think so
0: yeah um, i think so yeah
1: and so like that you know as somebody who has um grew up with parents of different races yeah uh both of us <laughs> different yeah. cultures yeah exactly like finding that figuring out what that means and what that looks like and to have them like so fixated on like well lisa specifically like commenting on that is just like so harmful
0: and I believe that Lisa did make that comment about, like, oh, you're just, you know, One trying to it. see more Latina to be on the show. It's like, well, listen, Lisa, not all of us can just live in your white privilege and yeah. sit there with it. But so I think we can successfully say that, like, Lisa has completely disappointed us and, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm just over it. I'm fucking over yeah. it. Um, I also just think, like, the De evolution of Heather, <laughs> like
1: throughout. Also, like a redemption and then like a an un an undemption.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> another
1: w- fall. She, like, yeah. I'm
0: <laughs> like, what what is going on here? For me, I've just felt I really liked Heather in season one. And I feel like as Salt Lake City started getting like a lot of recognition, and she was able to like now buy nice things and things like that. And you know. Now you're in it, right? It's definitely gone to her head. There's so much ego within Heather. I feel, and I feel like we see glimpses of her that it's like the old Heather that I really loved, that was like really grounded. But like when she's telling Monica, "You don't have the things we have, Monica." Heather, can we rewind? What do they say? Yeah. Uh, roll the tapes. Roll, the, roll tapes the tapes back to season one. You, Heather, I mean, Mary was the. Said
1: it. She didn't need the show to buy a house, but Heather did. So, you know, no no shame shame in that. And no
0: shame. But now she's shaming someone else. And it's Mm. like, Heather, we've seen you be in the exact same situation as Monica. You were a single mom. You, like, did not own a home. You, you know, were doing the best you could as a mother, which is enough. And now you're shaming someone else else for that and i know what that comes from insecurity when you finally have something and now you're not instead of sharing that and being beautiful and like empowering someone else that used to be in your situation you're shaming them and being like haha i'm not over there anymore you need some healing
1: yeah (laughs) and uh, yeah she was deeply hurt by by monica and that and that does not excuse like the deliberate use of classism and like hot you know just all other kinds of you know hinted in there a little bit of prejudice um it does not excuse that as like a way of like reducing somebody so yeah
0: it was it was just all so so weird like and i just think that i really can't figure out heather like in some moments like that she's like oh so powerful and coming after and da 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 and then when we get to the whole Jen Shaw of it all with the black eye. First of all, I was – they were truly promising us that we were going to find out about what happened with this black eye. I don't know how you feel, but I i feel more confused than before. Yeah. I'm, I'm still so confused. <laughs> like, So Jen gave it to her, but, like, she doesn't know how she gave it to her, and she's curled up on – Like, listen, I'm not going to diminish her emotions, but I don't understand the fear of Jen Shaw. I don't don't understand it.
1: Yeah. And I don't think it's really for us to understand. We were not personally – what is it? Victimized. I was not personally victimized by Jen Shaw. Yeah. And uh, because you know, like, abusive dynamics do kind of, like, look – I mean – as we know yeah and that could they, have brought they, up something
0: else from her past yeah, we don't know about again yeah it,
1: exactly and um there's a they're all really afraid of something like this is even so. When, this
0: is more what i'm saying i'm not putting yeah. it all on heather i'm just like what are we not getting
1: mm-hmm. from yeah. the jen
0: shaw situation and why was this person ever allowed on tv because
1: mm-hmm. i because you really see like the i don't know if we want to get into this yet but like the dichotomy between like there's two different kinds of reactions, right? Monica yeah. was abused by Genshaw and took more of like the I'm gonna make sure there's some sort of justice. And then Heather was kind of like more of like what you might see as someone who was abused and what you might be like a more palatable. Like it's like Emerald Fennel's a promising young woman in that response versus which is not like a digestible response versus like heather's which is more digestible to these women at the very least um yeah that's what it looks like from like an outsider perspective
0: well and that's the thing it's like though i mean it's not like those are the only two kind of responses but like a lot of times like those are two different responses you see from people who have been abused whether that is like physically or mentally um exactly it's like Either it just is is like like,
1: an oversimplification and uh, under because we don't know everything, we don't know everything in there,
0: (laughs) but but it is important to know that those are like responses, like what we're seeing is responses and like I feel like trauma responses in so many ways. And it, it was true what Monica said, like near the end of the reunion, which was like, no matter if she hates me or not like me and heather and i like we both went through the same abuse from this person and i in that moment michael like it just made me feel like listen and by the way i'm not condoning anything that monica has done i think that the way she handles certain things which we'll get into is not right yeah
1: um she deserves to be as complicated as these other women though to be and here's my with thing: with the same amount of love and respect. She did a bad thing. She didn't like they went about it in a way. I mean, they didn't make a change to, as Giselle from uh, who asked Giselle said on TikTok, like they didn't make a change.org petition or anything like that. They took it in their own hands to do something. And that caused damage to people, you know,
0: I just, um, I think that like it can, it doesn't confuse me necessarily. It's just interesting to see, like, it's just interesting to see her be written off so quickly when they, I mean, Heather said it herself in that last final receipt, screenshots, all that shit. Like, in that speech, she said at the end, we all lied for her, for Jen Shaw. We all did something like, Be behind her, which when you're saying that, what you're saying is you knew this person was doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. You all lied for her. And this is not doing something wrong in the sense of, like, yeah, I said some really shitty things and was acting like a mean girl to you. This is, like, legal. Yeah. Like, We've seen Jen Shaw do this. We've seen Erica do it. We've seen Teresa Judice do it. Maybe it wasn't to their cast exactly. I mean, Jen Shaw maybe. But like they're actually (laughs) – they're committing actual crimes. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And then you have Monica who is just like has a lot of trauma and like did not know how to express herself and did it the wrong way. And we're going to crucify her as if she is like – the biggest demon we've ever seen in housewife history that's bullshit that's yeah. bullshit
1: i agree it's like they use girls like a plot point like that's what it feels like and the same thing with almost like with mary cosby and even jen shaw like they use them as plot points to to progress this cast along like that's kind of what it feels like
0: so the, three the only three people women of, of color. color
1: yeah <laughs> and i mean as like ways to progress the, the cast along
0: and it's it's really unfortunate and i hope that like bravo yeah. sees what that is and what that looks like and again like i feel like we could have this fucking conversation till we're blue in the face because we hear this all the time it might not be an intention but it doesn't have to be an intention like yeah. intentional to be wrong
1: yeah because even the dynamic of the re- we're jumping all over the place but That's even fine. at the yeah at the reunion the dynamic is like all these white women like attacking and discrediting and invalidating and not even allowing her to finish and that dynamic was like incredibly uncomfortable and incredibly painful to watch because you could see Mm -hmm. her it like her energy like drained from her like she feels so defeated like she's shut down at the end like there's that comment between like angie where angie's like um you're a lowbrow rat which just feels wrong for for her to say yeah her like, um, and then she's like, Oh, did you say brown? And then she's like, No, don't drag race into this. And it's like, Well, how it's almost like she was like trying to describe that sensation that she was feeling. And so she was like trying to show it to them. And then it was like shut down immediately. And mm-hmm. like I said, intentionally, you know, this is somebody who hurt hurt them for whatever, you know, I don't want them like get into like the should they be hurt or not? Because it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um but Like, that dynamic is just, like, was just hard. Yeah.
0: Just because someone does something that's not right, which I would say it's true, like, with Monica, does not mean that they deserve to be, like, thrashed the way she was from all sides. Like, can you even imagine, like, sitting up there and just being – taking it – taking it from like all angles and it just, like you said, I mean, I think the first two episodes of the reunion, I it was kind of like, like, you're just like, okay, okay. You're in it. They're going Mm -hmm. at each other, which is what we're used to seeing. And I was like, I kind of like a
1: very typical reunion. Very
0: typical. They added some lightness. It was kind of fun. And Mm -hmm. you know, they, they did really get into like Monica's story, which we'll get into. And I thought it was really beautiful. And I thought like, maybe it will wrap up in a way, like not in a bow, But, like, you know, where they can still have these conversations. And, I mean, I told you. I feel like I texted you, like, because you watched it the day after I did.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I said that was one of the hardest things to watch. It was so uncomfortable to watch. When I was done watching it, like, my whole body felt just so emotionally drained. And I do think that because, like, part of it was because I was holding – this space for Monica um, in my body. And like, I don't know, like, since day one, it, here's what I'll say again, not excusing anything Monica's done, but these are all humans, these are all people. <laughs> and I connected so deeply to Monica on a few different levels. Like, not only was there like a Latina on my screen, like with all these white women, and I know what that feeling is feels like, right? Like, you have to almost do more. I and mean, this has been talked about on lots of different Bravo shows. Like, Garcelle has talked about this. Like, we've we've heard it, right? This is not something I'm making up. Like, so there's already that element. She's a single mom, right? Like, I mean, yes, she co parents, but like. She's a single mom on on top of that, right? And then she – I mean, there was a, this scene that just sticks in my head from the beginning – like from when we're first starting to get to know her when she's sitting – she's talking about her swaddle business and she's sitting at the table with her mom and she's doing the swaddles or whatever and she starts like crying about how she went to the Louis Vuitton store right and like bought a purse and the way that i could feel that in my body because i think like from me from an outsider's perspective it could have been like why are you crying about <laughs> like buying a louis vuitton purse like wow how sad i could feel that in my body because it probably felt like i might not have the means to do this and i'm doing it just to fit in because i don't feel like i'm good enough because I still – I did that and I still don't feel like I'm good enough. I – it sounds like she's questioning like whether she even belongs there and then just to be so honest with your story and knowing like what that response could be, I just – I felt so hard for her then and then when we got a little bit deeper into it and I saw her relationship with her mom, like you'll never get – me to say that I can't stand Monica because even though I don't have the same exact experience as her, I know what it's like to feel that trauma with your mom. And I know what that can – if you don't heal that, like what that looks like when it comes out in relationships and friendships and how that manifests without having like a full awareness and like healing of that. And that's what we watched, and it was really hard to watch, and it was really sad to watch, frankly.
1: Yeah, it was devastating and just so raw. Like I said, we've seen so much of her more than we've seen of some of the current cast. And thank you for sharing that because you definitely don't have to be sharing these intimate details. And I mean, I feel like I do because
0: this is like the whole point of the podcast. Yeah. But, you know, like – I just – I remember texting you, and I think this was – I think this was after that. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I think it was at that um, – the scene where, like, we're starting to get to know more of her dynamic with her mom. It was after, like, the whole Greek Easter thing.
1: Yeah. And then – like they're talking about the, the the dessert that's guacamole.
0: Yeah, the dessert that's guacamole. Yeah. That's exactly what I think was thinking about. And I just remember that scene at the table, and I remember texting you just saying, like, this is really hard for me to watch mm-hmm. because I didn't understand some of her reactions to the woman. I was like, this is like a teenager, like yeah, the way she would flash on people or like she would always – and we saw it in the reunion too. She she does a little like, mm, well, you yeah, uh, – will you do yeah. this or like – or imitate people. And I'm like, that sounds like what a teenage girl does.
1: Yeah, that's Maybe a very – young protective part
0: Mm -hmm. because it's a it's a mean girl thing it's a mean girl thing and i'm gonna admit it like y'all i was a mean girl in high school i was a mean girl like i aspired to be mean girls i started mean girls before mean girls was here i'm not proud of it but i'm gonna be honest i was like a terror a fucking terror in my teens and like early 20s honestly and I talked to people like that, too. I did some really fucked up shit. Like, because I felt insecure and because, like, I had a really, like – I didn't have a clear sense of who I was and didn't feel, like, a sense of support at home, you know? I didn't have a good connection with my mom. My mom was very much like Monica's mom, like – She would have never gone after, like, fame like that. Like, that is, like, a whole different level. That's why I, like, feel for Monica. But, like, the whole feeling abandoned at a really young age, like, I started being left alone when I was five. And, like, I didn't really ever think of that as, like, abandonment in my mind until I watched what Monica went through. And the whole, like, I'm going to drop you off, pretty much what I'm saying is, like, you are not my priority, And to hear that from your maternal figure, especially when like for Monica, she didn't have a paternal figure. She had been abandoned truly physically by her father and then mentally and then physically abandoned by her mother. So you think about like some people saying like, oh, she comes off as like so thirsty and a fan and like. First of all, fuck that fan theory. Like half of the people that are on these shows have been fans of these shows now <laughs> for like a while. But yeah. for me, it feels like she went on. She One of the reasons she could have come on and like wanted to like be with this group because they keep saying like, you don't even want to be friends with us. Why are you here? She can still be want to be friends with you and still want to feel like It felt like she was searching for some love that she's never had.
1: Yeah, you summed it up very beautifully, like, this in terms of, like, these parts that, you know, looking at her, she is obviously a beautiful grown woman. And there's still, like, you can hear it in her voice and in the way that she's speaking. It's not, you know, she switches. Like, she'll sound very calm, like, very adult, and then go into, like, these like you said, and then she, there's a point where she was like, you're mean girls, you're mean girls. And she was just like kind of saying that over again. And that like really stood out to me um, as like, yeah, she has a, obviously has a very protective part. And she, I forget exactly what her quote was, but it was something of like, well, you, you don't think that I deserve to be with you or that like um, I'm good enough or that like I'm rich enough to be around you. And it makes me think of like where, like that thought is coming from like if that is like I'm, I'm talking about parts work which is coined by um richard schwartz if you want more information about that there's a pretty like um non-clinical book called no bad parts by richard schwartz um but basically it's this theory that we are built up of a bunch of different parts that work together and um to help keep us safe and to help you know regulate and to survive and sometimes when we have extreme trauma parts will start to work over time in order to protect us from those exiled emotions and so obviously i don't know i'm not her therapist i'm not trying to be her therapist but just from like an observational <laughs> perspective i mean i don't know maybe i want to be her therapist
0: uh, <laughs> like wait wait wait. maybe yeah
1: i don't want to i don't want to count myself out yet yeah but um it's Like when you when I hear that specific thought, like that's a feeling of rejection. Her mom has only really cared about getting famous or how she could if you know, if Monica's famous, then maybe she'll be able to be lovable. You know, like that's what I think about, or if she's gonna expire that like that's what her mom thought as like something that was like idealistic and maybe she could finally get that acceptance or that validation or that self-worth. And so all these like reactive parts, which are referred to as firefighters and IFS, um, which are basically like extreme behaviors that are the final line of defense between um, us and our exiled emotions. Typically, you know, before that are like managers, ones that are more anticipatory in nature, so they want to like predict and control. When we talk about control. Is that Um, what those like feelings of like,
0: I need to control like this situation? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. And that's a manager. Yeah. I'm starting, I'm going to start naming these things in my mind because, like, because you know, I do call my, I call my intrusive thoughts estupidas. So, like, when my intrusive (laughs) thoughts come up, I'm like, fucking estupidas, get out.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. Naming things like that is
0: so important. I mean, for me, it just, that helps. Mm So
1: yeah, and this is a good a click for, like, every single person, but there is not anything that's supposed to click for every single person, and this is, like, specifically for someone who has, like, maybe I'm getting too technical with this, but if um, it's not in relation to, like, dissociative identity disorder, it's not um, an intervention that should be even used with that. That's a lot more complicated, but this is for people with a single system. Um, so, and just in case, uh, <laughs> that comes up. But yeah, so like looking at her, like her exiled feeling of like they don't want me around or I'm not good enough to be there, like slips out a little bit in that moment, and then her extreme protective part is to dissociate, to shut down, to be completely devoid of everything. To see that like play out is really interesting. Um,
0: and so we once truly again, just did.
1: To, <laughs> yeah, just to reiterate, the order of that kind of thing is she starts by trying to explain herself trying to anticipate any type of discredit she doesn't even really see why they're upset with her right Mm -hmm. then they're she's trying to speak they're shutting her down they're laughing at her then she gets really reactive really like i mean if one of the mean girls has been related to like relational aggression or like interpersonal aggression right so we want to use clinical terms um she's relationally aggressive towards them they're all relationally aggressive so i was like i think that that all
0: all the (laughs) housewives are relationally aggressive aggressive to one another that's the name of their game i think it's so interesting how you're breaking it down though because you saw this exact cycle well first of all you saw the this exact cycle you're talking about throughout the entire reunion but now if you step Mm -hmm. back and look back at the season you see it through the season I mean mm-hmm. it happened and especially
1: with her mom her mom's behavior is like very similar and like very like ugh.
0: this is what Just... I'm wondering a lot of it feels like modeled behavior and I mm-hmm. say that because like when I was a teenager again in my like hellish demon phase I was truly like a little demon I'm mean, gonna I think back at At her, and I'm just, I have to love her because that was. Now I have to love that side of me because I'm like, that person was screaming out for like help and love and like attention Mm -hmm. and protection and all those things. But my mom was like very verbally abusive to me, like very, very. And like the things that were said to me, like I heard more negative things about myself from my mom than I ever heard the words I love you from her, ever. <laughs> and, like, if it wasn't for my dad, who was, like, always telling me how much he loved me, like, ad nauseum almost, <laughs> like, I, w- I probably would have broken down in the same way like Monica had. Um, but what I will say is that whenever I felt a sense of I needed to protect myself – I used words. I knew at a young age that, like, I had been gifted with, like, the gift of words and understanding how to use words, like, in a very effective way. It's why I went into journalism. It's why, like, when I was old enough to, like, understand how to write and put sentences together, I started writing poetry. It's why, like, I'm doing a podcast now, right? Like, I've always had a love of words, before and it's kind of like this um spider-man thing right of like with great power comes great responsibility like I never realized how much power were words held until I realized that I could like truly murder people with my words and started to like it looked like a horror scene of like like cutting like cutting people down like with a sword with my words and I it felt so powerful to me because I was like, "I, you can do whatever you want to do to me and like I'm going to cut you down with my words and I'm going to take you down so far that like I won't ever have to deal with this. And I saw that like because that was done to me. So I was going to model that and do that to other people. That's why I have, a, you know, the tattoo on my shoulder that says in Spanish like the the sword the pen is mightier than the sword it's so true and so when i see monica like go and lash out through her words in such a like intense way i'm like we just saw her mom do this to her yeah it's modeled behavior
1: yeah i would agree and it's also learned behavior because you also i'm sure have learned ways in your own childhood to survive those interactions where you were being constantly cut down and the same thing with monica likely uh, she had to learn and that's what those parts came into play and there's also this theory which i don't admittedly only know like the basics about it by william glasser which is like choice theory that like everything that we make every decision we make every behavior that we have is associated with like meeting one of five needs which is like freedom fun um survival uh freedom, belonging. Fun, survival. belonging yes
0: I'm and reading that. it off the <laughs> I'm reading it off our outline. I'm cheating. But I've heard I've I heard read it of off this. Too. No, yeah. I've heard of this. Is this something that you learn about in psychology because I took some psychology classes that I was like so I don't know if it's like psychology or sociology, what it was. But I used to love like I was obsessed with psychology. Like I thought it was so I was so obsessed with it. I just couldn't ever get into that field because I can internally do it with myself. I can't do that with anyone else.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it kind of matches with, like, evolutionary psychology, which is, like, Mm -hmm. the idea that, like, you know, every, every behavior we have has had some role in our evolution, and sometimes we've evolved too quickly, or our environments have changed too quickly that we haven't evolved out of it, and that could be applied to this as well. Like, we are, you know, put in these environments, and then we're, you know, we're not always in them, unless you are, but sometimes we leave them, right? But I I took a lot of de- developmental psychology when I, I didn't take a lot of psych-
0: <laughs> Well I took um, devel- that's what I did that's like yeah. a, a lot of like what I took just like for fun classes because I thought it was so
1: like yeah interesting. Well, yeah, well, that's how we ended up working out of parenting. Yeah. And
0: that's how we're here, talking about here. diving like, this deep into yeah. reality TV. But is that – does that, like, have to kind of – is that kind of associated with how, like, like a Britney Spears situation, right? I mean, yes, that is more complex. But just, like, let's step back from it because there, this yeah. is not just Britney. It's a lot of child stars where people yeah. will be like, they are still, like, so – I was listening to something – um. Andy Cohen was doing um, an interview this week with Jason Priestley and like he was asking him about how he had been in the boys music video w- with Britney and Jason Priestley at the time was like she was this 20 something year old like young girl but like she even her interests and things that she liked were like very young and like it felt like she was stuck in like this younger version of herself but isn't that like a a thing right where people can get stuck at this certain like age because of like I don't know if it's like trauma like what is it what is yeah. that
1: yeah uh, yes the, the the short answer is it can happen where somebody gets trapped at like a younger age um they're just not able to like something extreme has happened to them I when it comes to Bernie Spears I I have a, I have a lot of theories. I'm keeping to myself. Yeah, no, that's um, like yeah. a bigger thing. It, it's just yeah. more of like the right.
0: full like aspect yeah. of being a young star and going through so many things like in an unhealthy mm-hmm. way that can easily trap you in
1: that space. I I call yeah. it like, and you're not allowed to really have a childhood. I mean, yes, can, can that's say what with I'm like, saying. Yeah, um, Paris, like Paris, Ugh. acts so child. I'm reading her book. She, like. Yeah. Oh, I I want to read that. That's, like, on my list. I'm only on the prologue,
0: cause... and it's so good already.
1: I love her. Ugh, I love um, her so much. But she, like, switches between, like – and I'm not saying that she's, like, switching her entire personality, but it does seem like there's a lot of, like, young, protective parts.
0: That's what happens – and you're actually in her head in this book. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting.
1: I feel like that's how Britney Spears' book reads sometimes, too. Too. Yeah. Like, she'll be really explicit, and then she'll be really, like – kind of like censored and it's it's interesting. And yeah, trauma does a lot, a lot to you. It's it it does a lot to you based off of when you're exposed to it and um to the extreme that it is um to the point of like that there's so many though if you if you look at like the DSM, there's not a lot of distinctions, but if you look at like less official i guess um but still just as important and vital Tax, like there's some it's its effects are so widespread because in the dsm like complex ptsc is not even a thing and like argue it's That's i don't even wild. want to say it's an Sorry. argument of um, it does exist and it's so like so easily like misdiagnosed and um also when we look at like personality disorders like there's a huge argument that personality disorder personality disorder oh my gosh personality disorders are more are more likely kinds of complex trauma or specific presentations or very very related to each other at the very least um that's there is some genetic components to that um because i do think that we sometimes like put such a huge emphasis on trauma that we like ignore any potential like neuro neurological or physiological experiences of people. Um mm-hmm. and that being said, so just to put that out there, because I also want to make sure that is hard. Uh yeah. but yeah,
0: right. It's not all just so one fragile. thing. Again, like back to like we are very nuanced
1: complicated complicated beings beings. and And i think
0: that that is like the grace that needs to be given to all of us i mean listen Mm. monica didn't wasn't out here murdering babies like she truly created an account with other people and like put out okay here okay
1: and this is my like take on that because yeah i tend to i'm i really like the idea of like Well, I identify as an abolitionist. And so even if she had done those things, you know, how do we curate a culture where we can allow people to be complex and to have a way of taking accountability and reducing that kind of harm that they have made instead of just like completely like roasting them saying that they're beneath um, other people. But I really (laughs) do have like a very big obsession with how we handle harm in this country yeah. Um, and I just I think that you know in any way we are we're gonna see the humanity in people, and she deserves to be. And I that's like the, if you y'all get nothing out of this other than that she's a complex human being that is also, you know, a mother. We're not even talking about her role as a mother at all. Like, and that's never been discussed. And yeah, it's unless to oh, remember shit, that. What, oh yeah. my
0: god, I'm screaming. <laughs> Sorry. I got you know, excited I got way too high high in the hot on the mic but yeah. unless you're like but that's the thing it's like they're not I don't feel like they were really seeing her as a mom related. and then when yeah. they when they did want to see her as a mom it was like she was it was Lisa bringing up oh wow you're a mom of four kids and you're out doing this and you probably had your kids in the car and da, da, da. and I'm like mm-hmm. and I could see her going into mama bear mode and that wounded child to, both yeah. together and I was like that is I've been there and it's like this it's like a Tasmanian devil like I will come and Mm -hmm. fuck your shit up so hard and at that point like I'm telling you Michael my wounded inner child that I've been working so hard to like heal and I have worked so hard to heal because was I don't want to say triggered but was like I don't know if I would say activated but was Because it wasn't activated in a sense of like, now I'm going to go do that too. I just felt so much empathy in my body and like held that there because I was like, I know that Mm -hmm. (laughs) like feeling right now. And I know that feeling with me and like a few people that I'm like with and have started yelling at. I don't know that feeling and having that activated on a stage where like the world is watching.
1: Yeah, on TV. On like, TV
0: where you feel like you're ganged up on mm-hmm. by I'll say 3. I'll honestly say 3 women because I didn't feel I felt like Whitney was being very passive and so was Meredith. Like I don't really feel like they were truly coming after her. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it didn't seem I, no, like they I had much to say.
1: No. And uh, i'm 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 a little bit impressed with how Whitney carried herself through most of the reunion um and that's and that's what i'll say about her like i feel like she carried herself very very well she never really got too defensive about anything and um
0: one thing about whitney is too if she's gonna get upset about something and i don't always agree with whitney like at all um because i do Um, think that she does like when she like wants to complain about something and like she attaches it to her healing journey, which I totally appreciate her healing journey, but like it does become a lot about her and not also like understanding other people's perspective and their like feelings. But what I will say is that she's not really a yeller and an attacker. Mm -hmm. Like she sits and she like wants to try to talk it out and understand. I mean, she's also gone through admittedly like – these really difficult traumatic like experiences with her own parents right and so I think that that's where she felt a lot of like connection to Monica I mean when she was talking about her relationship with her dad and everything and like really understanding that and like she was saying like you she didn't realize until she realized like this is an unhealthy relationship and I can't have it and the way that she was like explaining that to Monica in a very calm loving way Monica is She's having all these like feelings about – of abandonment and mother wound. She really has a mother wound and it's a thing and I you, – you know, like – And I, I just hope
1: that people have responded to her like that in other contexts. I
0: do too because right. I think that when Whitney was talking to her like that, you saw a different like – like the if you're looking even at her body language, you saw a different body language and she was calm and she felt – I think she felt seen and understood and – you're not going to yell a sense of accountability out of someone. You're not. Yeah. Well, there was
1: uh, – yeah. Oh, my God. there's so many points we could jump off from there. I just said that. I, I'm
0: like, wait. I was yelling at my son last night to be so <laughs> I'm like, Listen, y'all. We're learning something about ourselves all day, every day.
1: The whole point is like what this stuff ignites in us, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that moment where Monica was like watching Heather get like a lot of compassion for her experience of being like emotionally and physically abused by Jen was to me, one of the most heartbreaking things that I have seen on, on TV in a while. Just I agree. It, the way that, yeah, that, that probably was her end goal, you know, And we're talking about it. Like she does have a lot of things that connects her to these women and the way that that was just like cast out. But I just
0: wish the outcome could have been so much different. Like and I'm not saying the outcome could have been different if she wasn't reality of whatever. I think the outcome could have been different at this reunion. And it could have ended differently had and I'm and I'm gonna also like say this about for Monica too if Monica had come with a little bit more like heart and hand and because I think that she was very much like this is who I am this is how it is and that is part of like the accountability but like it's also saying sorry and I didn't hear that out of her once because she wasn't saying I mean listen like I get what she was saying. This account was just like All they were doing – we were trying to get Jen Shaw. But I think what one of the things Andy said was like, yes, and in doing that, like you hurt other people. And she was not taking accountability for that because she was like, yeah, but you don't understand like the reason. So I think if she would have come with a little bit more like heart in hand and said like even an apology, like that's one thing. But if the other women would have come with – grace for her and empathy and I just feel like that wasn't there and I feel like the way they came at like the things you've done to us Monica I'm like I've, until you found out she was reality bonteze she didn't truly do anything else to you yeah and it's a little much
1: yeah and uh... Because, I mean, I have written here, like, that whole we were standing, we were trying to stand up for you versus their perspective of you were bringing us negative attention and spreading things, you know, and and it, it's kind of like that idea of, like, you know, they Raleigh um for her team time as a group, um were, you know, n- we looked at it, none of it was really, like, oh, like, Heather's this or whatever, right? It was it was really just the tweets that of them being like, Oh, this is what Jen says about her friends basically. Yeah. And, um, and
0: perpetuating
1: that. Yeah. And they never really asked this group of people for their help. Um, like the, the other women didn't ask for that. And so this was like a consequence of like providing standing up for somebody who did not want to be stood up for. It was not asking to be stood up for. And, I think that that would have been an entry point into the conversation of like just realizing that we got, we thought we were trying to help, we thought we were helping you. We really were just fixated on getting some sort of justice, you know, and I, justice, I don't even know if, because I don't know, I don't really know if like a burner account is like the way to do that. And also I I'm not, I wasn't in their is. head. <laughs> there, there'll probably be a documentary about this at some point. So we'll be able to learn what was going on in their yeah. head. Um, Who
0: is reality Von
1: Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I can see like, you know, they're allowed to be hurt and upset and feel portrayed. And also she's allowed to have her reaction and have her reality. And they didn't have to become, like, best friends at the end of it. It would have been nice just to hear them at least acknowledge each other. As humans. Um, yeah. Yeah. As humans. And, you know, and it's been a minute, so you would think that some emotions would – but I guess it did – the episode just came out. And so, well, yeah, they had just watched – I don't actually know. Yeah. Do they watch the last episode before they film? They do, right?
0: Yeah, they watch – yeah. They get, okay. they get all of the tape before they film because they have to have, okay. like, all of the –
1: all, so the, drama under, all yeah. the drama
0: or they have to have all like the you know background of what's yeah. happening
1: but yeah so they probably just watched it like that brings up so many emotions yeah so
0: yeah and exactly like, people, and the confessionals that they didn't know were happening also like behind mm-hmm. the scenes i think was like a huge thing too it just
1: seems like they yeah sorry go ahead
0: no it just brings up trudges up yeah you know old drama
1: yeah and it really seems like they came in with an understanding of what they were going to do as a group, how as they were going as a group. And that was and, what was really
0: fucked up, I feel. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of being individuals saying like, okay, I was hurt by this, but I I also personally feel this way because they're not everyone needs to feel the same way. And like, I feel like that's something that like Jen Shaw, like since Jen Shaw left, that shouldn't be a thing anymore because Jen Shaw was the one who was like trying to hold it together, staring at people like, don't you say this, don't you say that. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That was like the Jen Shaw way. And she, I thought we were going to be released of that, but it's like, what is happening? But what I will say is that like, I watched Watch What Happens Live um, right after the the reunion, the last part of the reunion, and Heather was on it. And she said something that was really – two things that were really gross to me that were really fucked up. So I think Andy asked her something about, like, the difference between, like, Monica and, like, what Jen shot at. Like, Jen Shaw, and I don't know if it was Andy's question or, like, you know, he reads them from the tweets that have been, like, Mm -hmm. sent in or whatever but it was like well like you guys are reacting like this to monica when y'all never had this like this big of a reaction to jen when you found out she was like defrauding the elderly
1: yeah and literally they were all all acting like oh she's fine she's innocent they were
0: finding ways to like yeah. yeah and so what heather says was we believed up until that point, that she, even up until she was in the courtroom and she pled guilty, we all believed that she was innocent. And at, and here, I this is what she said. She said, and at least when Jen was doing that, she was being herself. Monica was acting as if she was someone else. I was like, you lost me there. I'm sorry. Did you just give more grace And acceptance to someone who was defrauding elderly people who trying to take their money, their life savings.
1: Just be honest and say she liked her better. Just be be fucking
0: honest. Like, that was gross to me because I'm like, if you're sitting there and doing your receipts, timelines, da-da-da-da, and then saying, we all, like, lied for Jen, then you do know she was doing something wrong. And Mm. you totally negate what you just said. And – it's gross it's so gross and she's like you know the thing that monica didn't under doesn't understand about this show is that we are all it's about friendship
1: bitch but y'all are all lying to each other and lying about stuff and bringing stuff up and like (laughs) you lied to everybody for two years like everybody's lying on that damn show. Everyone's lying. You lied on the
0: producers, but you're still allowed to be here. Monica's on pause or whatever the fuck she is. Mm. Like it's just this season tainted me 100% towards Heather and towards Lisa. And that's where I'm at.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And Angie did what she did the whole season and just was there. Um, She was,
0: I'm giving her one more season. I'm giving Angie one more season because first of all, like, you know how we're doing the ins and outs you know how that's like a thing now in this out (laughs) out is and this is on all bravo shows out is like claiming that someone's husband is gay or like starting rumors or something like like really like our their sexuality is really none of our business and like that's so gross and down low and dirty like can we stop that like it's so gross yeah let's stop that
1: what even if it if it, if it was true, you're just like outing somebody, yeah, like... who has
0: a family, who mm-hmm. like, and
1: and even guess if, what, they're allowed yeah. to.
0: That's allowed to happen, like, yeah. and that's also allowed to just like not have to be a storyline.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's just gross. So I I mm-hmm. do wanna. I wasn't a fan of Angie K in the beginning. I did see her like, I mean. There were things that i like, okay, okay. There's a little more nuance. I'll give her one more season.
1: Yeah. I don't hate her. I don't hate her. I, but... don't, really like, I don't like her big pink sunglasses, but I don't oh, hate her.
0: Please, no more of those. I don't want that. Out. Um,
1: big pink yeah. sunglasses. I also, like. I think we said this, like a season where she's not like obviously trying to become. Because uh, the beginning of the season, it was like, she. it was kind of, it kind of seemed like she didn't really know. If she was gonna get a snowflake or not, and so she yeah. was doing everything She's she doing could do most. to get that snowflake.
0: Yeah, she was doing the most. Uh,
1: yeah, and then she got it, and then I feel like she relaxed a lot. Um, yeah. That's what. It yeah, felt yeah, like. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, that does feel like yeah, and yeah. that's when you started to kind of see like a softer side of her a little bit more. Mm. I want to see a little bit more. Um, yeah, I like the husband too. I like the husband too. The mm-hmm. husband and the rumors. I don't like the, the rumors, but the I like the and the nastiness. <laughs> But okay, let's talk
1: about the husband. She wants
0: to talk about the husband. <laughs> let's talk about the husband. <laughs> um, but okay, so we've talked this to death. But yes, let's so, just. Yeah. How long? We're almost we're an hour and a half. But let's <laughs> okay. round this out because final thoughts on Monica, icon or I can't. <laughs> Sorry, I do. <had> <laughs> or i don't know
1: i don't know i think it's gonna be um i just wish her the best like i hope that she comes back to rally tv that um it's to a, a, a different group of people who will actually like support her and provide her with compassion um you know I think that she was one of the most interesting things to have happened. And this is like, I think she's way more beyond just reality. Avanti's. If that hadn't happened at the end, if she hadn't, if there hadn't been this big reveal, I would have still really enjoyed getting to know her and her life and, um, who she is and her dynamics and, you know, um, yeah, I just think that she's she's really interesting. She's really funny. Um it's it's like really sad to know that like that Bermuda birthday was like her best birthday. Ugh. And then to have it to and be And it was so the sourd. worst as well. Yeah. And I, I hope so. I hope yeah. that her one this year is beautiful and lovely.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and you know I don't I you know, I don't I I, you know, I'm not going to excuse any of her actions. No, um, I'm still just going to always say that. Yeah, I I generally enjoyed her. Um, it makes me. I don't even know if I want to say I'm sad about her pause from Salt Lake City because no. I don't really want her to go back to those women. Um, I don't, and that's my thoughts on it. I don't.
0: I don't think that right now is the right time for Monica to be on TV. I think that okay, so I think. My thing is, like, I think that we do need, (laughs) unfortunately, to make these shows, like, we do need Housewives coming a little bit in hot with a little bit of their trauma. But, like, usually that's just, like, part of their personalities. I think where Monica is right now is that she has a lot of healing to do. And I'm not saying that in the sense of, like, so she doesn't deserve to be on TV. I think that she deserves to do that in a safe space and I don't think that that is on TV and I think it's very similar to like the Raquel thing like Rachel sorry (laughs) um where it's like there's some healing that needs to be done and like it shouldn't be on TV because it's not right it feels like very it feels like an exploitation and I feel like that Monica there is like such she is a good human and I think that she is a caring human and that she deserves love and that she deserves um, care and empathy. And the first person that she needs to get that from is herself because once she gets that from herself, she won't have to look externally for it and then she can truly be who she is at her core And that's who the world deserves to see because that person is is such a powerful, like, beautiful human being who she already is. And she just deserves to, like, find and love and heal and ground. And I think she owes that to herself. And she owes it to, like, her family. I mean, she's raising three girls. And when we talk about generational trauma, it's very real – And unfortunately, some – it's put on – it's always going to be put on one person and, like, really kind of be the one to, like, start to, like, stop that cycle. And I think that in being in this position, she's really empowered herself to, like, start that journey. And it's not easy. And I do think that, like, a pause is good for her. And I think that, like, like the whole thing we were talking about with Stassi, like – she could come back and, like, shine. And I want to see that for her. And I'm rooting for her. And I do think that she cracked, like, showed a lot of the cracks in the dynamic of Mm. these women and in the dynamic of Salt Lake City in general and what that kind of mentality is, um, which I'm grateful for. And I just – I think that, like – I want to leave room for growth for her, but I don't think that like diving right into another reality TV show is the best route for her. And that's how I feel.
1: Yeah. And just one last little point, you know, if you're feeling all conflicted about how you feel about the situation, like ask yourself what it even means to be a good person. Yeah. Like what, what does that mean? How, how do we define that? What do we look for in that? And um, is it so binary as someone is good or bad? Um, Because so many things can be true at the same time. And a lot of things are true with this, with Monica at the same time.
0: Yes. And I think that that comes to like the point of, and, and Heather did say this on watch what happens live. And I think she said it on the reunion too, is like the worst part of being on these shows is the social media and I think that was something that, like, was really came up, like, through, you know, obviously the Monica thing, but – which it's not fair that she gets all the brunt of this because, honestly, Heather kept the hairdresser on, knowing about all this and knowing that she had a part in it, but then pushed Monica out. That's very interesting. Um, but, like – It's all very interesting. It's it? all very interesting. Um, but, like, the words we say – have like stick they stick to people they have meaning they hurt and just because you're behind a screen (laughs) like doesn't mean that your words hurt any less like these are all humans and I just I think that there's so much of like these people out there who are trolling and being like Monica's like the worst human being like get her the fuck off like I can get like not being down with what she did But let's not, like, take ourselves down a notch and, like, troll someone. I think a lot of the times when we kind of come out and, like, oh, my God, what she did was so horrible. Like, let's be honest. Every single one of us has done something petty and fucked up like that in some aspect of our life. It could have been, like, most recently too. And a lot of times we like to deflect from that and, like, shaming or punishing someone else. That's not for us to do. Um, I think if it's, like, in a situation like what Jen Shaw went through when it was legal or, like, Teresa when it was, like, a legal thing, the law takes care of that too, right? Like, the court takes care of that too. But, like, for us to come in and demean someone and, like, take them down with our words on a fucking, like – phone or like behind a screen and to feel powerful in that ask yourself like why would you ever feel that way and i think that to your point michael like if you're feeling conflicted about how you feel about monica because i've heard a lot of people be like i'm so conflicted like i don't not like her then you're a human and like we're understanding the human condition and like
1: yay lean into that discomfort (laughs) where it's coming from what about it are you uncomfortable with stuff like that Just little questions.
0: Just little questions for your body. This was a deep episode, y'all. It was a deep and long episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we went there. Hopefully you can
1: follow it because we went in so many different directions. We went in
0: so many (laughs) different directions. I hope you're not super dizzy right now. But y'all, like, I appreciate every single one of you. I hope you maybe learned something or felt something or have something to think about after this episode. And if anything came out of the Salt Lake City uh, season, it was just rethinking about like what entertains us. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see that. I love them kind of going back and forth and being petty. I don't want to see my housewives ganged up on and feeling defenseless and feeling seeing their inner child like break down. That's not entertainment to me. And yeah. yeah. But I love y'all. And don't forget, on that note, don't forget to follow us on social media <laughs> uh, Instagram, Bravo Therapy Pod, TikTok, which maybe I'll start it this week.
1: <laughs> How many episodes will it take for you actually start it? Well, we're going to see.
0: Listen, yeah. y'all. I'm holding myself accountable to one thing at a time. This is – listen, I'm figuring it out. Okay. <laughs> but TikTok, just Bravo therapy. And if y'all want to, like, send me in your, like, ideas, send me in your stories about how Bravo or reality TV or, like, a moment on reality TV has affected your life or how you can relate to it, kind of what we're talking about today. Like, your Bravo story. Um Feel free to DM me about that or email me at lo, L-O, at bravotherapypod.com. Don't forget to leave a five-star rating. Leave a nice little review on all of the platforms you listen on, Spotify, Apple, wherever. And don't, don't to get to forget to give yourself grace. Release a little mm-hmm. bit of control and, like, be kind to other people because we don't know what the fuck people are going through love y'all love you michael thank you so much again
1: thank you for having me of
0: course always we'll see you back soon i want you back for a valentine's day episode the next episode michael comes on we're going to talk about dating and and who oh. we date on different Bravo shows. And we're going to get <laughs> deep into it. And that one's going to be fun and lighthearted and messy. So love oh, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.